Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Malitsky. <laughs> and I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find us anywhere else on the big wide internet, you can type in trustthejourney.today on any of our social media feeds. You'll find us Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, YouTube, and of course our website. Yeah, right on family. Agreed. Thank you so much for being with us. Here we go. All right, team. In this episode, we're doing a deep dive on discipline. We're going to talk about what goes into it, examples of it from our lives, results, reassessment, and basically what more about the work that goes into making change or building new habits. Awesome. Yeah. Really poignant topic. Always. It's always a poignant topic, I feel like, because it's essential to making cha actual real change. Yeah, I have to agree. It's been incredibly relevant in my life uh, as of late. I mean, really, really, really imprinted on me a lot lately that structure and discipline are really the keys to having all the freedom that I want to have in my life, which is so ironically contradicting, but that statement in itself that if something is contradictory then it's almost always in balance <laughs> the polarity <laughs> again yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh yeah i when reflecting on this topic for this episode i was like okay cool what goes into being disciplined you know what i mean like what has what elements go into that such that one could be listening to this episode and they could then take it away and hashtag achieve discipline <laughs> you know what i mean so i feel like the first thing that i want to share is that discipline is preceded by a decision and a commitment so I feel like if I really look back on the times when I've been disciplined and followed through with a level of ferocity and commitment and just persistence, you know, like actually doing it, whatever the thing is, it was preceded by a firm decision and a firm commitment. And not every time that I've tried to make change have I had that and therefore I have not ultimately followed through you know what i mean absolutely i do yeah well what you just said in there there was a couple there was one word in specifically that jumped out to me and you said achieve discipline and i thought well wait a second wait 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 is this an achievement or is this a practice <laughs> is this something we demonstrate because to me it's not like it's an attainable goal it's not like a reaching a mile mark or something you say okay when i get to this point i will have completed it right and i feel like discipline is more something that you practice like you know um with regularity just like you know you you eat every day 
clean every day, you do your regular things to maintain yourself, that discipline is part of this practice of being a human. Yeah, for sure. I definitely echo that 1000%. Certainly not about a perfectionist achieving end goal. I only say that in terms of having had an experience with discipline. So if someone's listening, they're like, I just am not disciplined. I just kind of, uh, I just always kind of lose my way or whatever. It's almost like a cool thing when we first have an experience where we're like, oh, wow, oh, cool that's what it feels like to do the work, to work through the challenge of, of being disciplined. And this is part of what I wanted to share too, is that when we want to make change or when we want to build a new habit or whatever, we have X number of years ahead of us or, or rather behind us that where we were doing something differently. So we have a shit ton of practice right? Doing it a different way. So we're really good at doing it the other way. We're really good that include, at... Yeah. That includes not doing something. That's what right? I mean, is that like yeah. if... So for example, eating like crap, right? <laughs> you know, like you know, eating poorly or not eating as healthily as you would like. That's a just sort of baseline example where people usually struggle with discipline, right? I've certainly struggled and had to have many iterations of discipline, we're both raising our hands, where I've had to, you know, revisit this many times over the course of my life. So in no way do I want to make it sound like it's instantaneously achievable. In fact, it's not. That's the whole nature of discipline is that it's difficult. And so, yeah, anyway, I bring this up because the decision is one thing. And then that first stretch of time where we're very very good at doing it the old way, AKA. So for example, if I use, when I want to be extra on point with my eating, which implies by the way, I get out of point <laughs> with my eating, <laughs> right? Consumption. And I use the app Lose It because it helps me track and it helps me not overeat because I love food. I am I have lots of energy and so for whatever, I just eat, I can eat a lot if I don't keep myself sort of mindful about it. So sometimes if I've gone off the rails a bit more than normal, I'll bring it in with a tra the tracking. And so that's just a sort of minor commitment, but it is a commitment that I make to actually enter all of my food and really mindfully know what I'm consuming and then not consume outside of those boundaries, really doing the work to stay committed to that for the timeline that I've chosen or for as long as I deem that's necessary for me at that point in my, my life or health. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's hard at first. So, yeah. And I think what part of what you're alluding to with that um, description is that discipline is something that if you have ingrained it can not always require 
a high amount of maintenance, but if it does slip or if you haven't ingrained it at all, if it's an unpracticed skill you're, or there's no skill there, it's something you haven't learned, it can be very challenging and you have to break old habits or build new habits and that could be very difficult. And if you have developed discipline regarding an area, so eating for example, and I, could, I can absolutely echo all the things that you've just said, you know, um, and I can, this is as recent as last night, you know, like I hit, I've been tracking food. I hit my calorie mark for the day. There's still quite a few hours left in the day. I'm pretty hungry. I had a big day. I chose to eat beyond my amount and I didn't enter it before I went to bed. I got up this morning and I'm like, don't cheat yourself. Don't hide that piece that you that you ate beyond the limit. Enter it this morning, even though the day's over. And I'm look and I, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm 400 calories over the amount that I plan to eat that day, just to be able to reference it. And so, just continuing to reinforce this model that sometimes we're excellent at keeping track of our goals and staying adhering to them, and other times we slip for whatever reason. And the practice of discipline being something that in different elements of our life, different pieces of discipline become more relevant than others at different times, right? So if you get a skill set build up around eating healthily, then you might need to not keep track so much anymore because it's a habit, it's a ritual, it's something that you just do all the time and it's automatic. It doesn't require any thinking. And so I'm gonna be like straight up on this one. This morning, I was dragging ass i mean my <laughs> eyes did not want to open but i woke up at my time when i normally wake up it's like 6 35 or so in the morning you know and i couldn't get my eyes to open and i'm like oh i can't okay i'm like get up go get up go get up go and like three or four times i'm not moving i'm like go 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 and i'm still not moving and i'm like Ugh! like force myself up and just super groggy like put on my stuff and look i'm still dressed from my walk and i couldn't run I did not have the energy to run this morning. So it was a for sure, because it usually take me about a mile of walking before I get into gear where I'm like, okay, I'm warm enough and I feel like running now. Yeah. But this morning there was no way. I walked two miles and I came back and I'm still groggy. Yeah. Tired. It happens. Know? But the, the discipline's there though, right? Like yeah. it's still going to go, even though I feel like got run over by a steamroller because of a few big days. Still going to go. I'm just going to do it, you know? Oh, that yeah. is so freaking true. The Ugh. I can't not always call out the podcast in terms of discipline and showing up. That's something that I, if I think about what helps me move through the tougher times is that I do get some sense of, like I feel good about myself for just showing up, even if it's like not optimally. You know what I mean? So it's great that you got up and did two miles, a two mile walk. You know what I mean? And I know you're not looking for that sort of acknowledgement or praise. I'm just saying like that's something that if I were in your shoes, I would be like, go me. I at least got up and did my walk. Now that can be a loophole to not being disciplined. So we need to watch ourselves where we take advantage of that. And I'm not saying that regards to you because I think what you're pointing to is more something about which I, this is something i've struggled with for years is the travel and the skydiving coaching which is wildly oh. expensive with energy in terms of like when 
I don't know about you, I, you're nodding, so I assume you're agreeing with me that when I do that, I spend so much energy that I have to recover afterwards. So I didn't realize that for a long time, for a number of years, where I was like thinking I could just, I was unconscious to this, like thinking I could just do my planned things after that level of output, and I just fucking couldn't. And then I would feel bad because I felt like I was, you know, falling down on my goals or not doing as much as I could when really I had to learn about recovery and understand willpower and the concept of willpower depletion, the whole thing. So we could go on a number of different tangents here. Well, I, what I think I was trying to lean towards was the idea of it not always being easy and sometimes it being very hard. You know, like the mental, the struggle is real, you know, like that whole mentality of like my first five minutes of wakefulness this morning were not wakeful. Yeah. They were painful. My body's sore. My mind's foggy. And discipline is the difference between rolling over and going back to sleep for another hour or just forcing yourself, myself, ourselves to stick to the plan and to, to stay on course and do what the higher self really wants for ourselves in our lives. And that's the difference, right? Because our at some points, our intellectual brain makes a decision that says, I really want this in my life, or I no longer want this in my life. And I'm now acting in accordance with that personal aspiration, that goal, that desire, that need could be a health need that we really need to listen to. Yeah. You know, our body is talking to us and says, you need to do this. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I know I need to do this. I'm gonna listen to myself and I'm gonna do it. And, and then when we're groggy or we're tired or we're hungover or we're exhausted or whatever, it's so easy to slip into that lower part of our, our intellectual self, our mind that's like tired or lazy or, you know, could easily just go, yeah, but if I just slept for another hour, I'd feel so much better. And it's a bit of a game inside of our own head, right? Because we know that the the me that decided that I needed to do this for myself knows what really is better for me and knows what is going to, in the long run, pay the value back for the time and that hard decision in the moment. You know, if I really do get out of bed and go for a walk or run, then, you know, at the end of not, maybe not today. Maybe today I feel like a, you know, run over by a steamroller all day long. But at the end of the year, if I've done that every day for a year and made that a habit and, and followed that discipline, I'm going to feel so much better than if I slip in my habits and go back to an old way of behaving that doesn't include that and allows myself to maybe stop doing that altogether because I no longer maintain that discipline of doing it even when I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. You know? Discipline is absolutely for the times when it is difficult. Oh, God. It is. That is when discipline is present. You know what I mean? Like if it's easy to do it, then we don't theoretically need that much discipline because we're just going to do it because it's we want to or it's easier. You know, I think back to the times and I just even like, you know, the times when we feel, and this is for me, like I re reflect on the world tour when I was really just quite depressed, 
you know, I was emotionally sad. I was in this really sort of down period. Now, this can happen in bigger periods of time. It can also happen in, you know, a couple of days in a week. You know, it can be a short-term period or whatever. But when people are dealing with emotional struggle that is maybe unrelated to their goal or whatever, this is something where I've recognized with my health goals. This is where I learned about the nature of how endorphins affect me when I am feeling more depressed than other days. Right. And so the discipline for me is it's it could be way easier for me to stay cuddled under the covers, typing on the laptop, reflecting, because that's that's a different version of way I serve myself is writing and processing and stuff like that. But the discipline to get out the door and go for a run when I didn't like running, it was like, I know this is going to help my current pain point of this emotional struggle. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and I'm going to do this because it, it's like a real true self-love piece in that quite in that instance. So I bring this up because, you know, we all get depressed sometimes. We all get down sometimes. We all have tough days emotionally. And so that discipline to get some kind of uptick of positive energy into our systems through exercise or getting out in nature or doing something that brings up positive energy for us, that can take discipline in those moments because the emotional feelings would have us absolutely not want to do that, most likely to retract. You know, I'll continue to reinforce what you're saying there with um, the discipline is for the times when it's hard. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just staying on that theme because it when very often the things that we are aiming to include in our lives they waver greatly between being an absolutely delicious experience and a horribly sour rotten one you know it can it can just go to either end of the spectrum just like anything in your life like you can have a amazing day at work or you can have a horrible day at work you know your job could be great and some days your job can suck and the thing is you know i could think of a, a training day as a great example you know i can have a training day where it's so much fun i just have the best day and absolutely enjoy every minute of it and just have a highly successful productive enthusiastic good mood meeting goals great conditions like just checking all the boxes kind of day right and then you have another day that's just exactly the opposite where it is just hammered dog shit all day long in pain and struggling and grumpy and down and all this emotional descriptions that can relate to that you know that kind of a day that goes by and i i don't feel an ounce of discipline being exercised on that amazing day when everything's awesome yep. it just feels like it just all happened by itself it's the days when you're feeling like you got hit by a truck and you went and did it anyways that you're actually engaging that word discipline, yes. you know? And now the word has an interesting connotation to it because I feel like as a young person, as a child, that we, when we are disciplined, that when we are forced to do something we don't want to do or when we are... Um, punished or penalized 
for acting in a way that doesn't fall into an alignment with the goals of our family's belief structures or the law or any of these um, structures within our society or, or uh, communities that we live in, that word discipline comes into place. So like, you know, you're going to be put back into alignment. And when we're not the completely responsible for making our own decisions, so as a young person or as a child, our elders guide us and say, we're going to do decision making for you because you haven't matured enough as a being to be responsible enough to make your own decisions right now. And so we're going to tell you what's okay and what's not okay with regards to following structure. And as we grow into adulthood, that responsibility becomes strictly our own. Now, those guidelines and those rules still exist inside of our societies and cultures, usually in places that are designed to protect others from our individual lack of discipline when it comes to regard for others' safety, right, or well-being. And not so much when it comes to our own safety or well-being. Sometimes, yes, but in a lot of ways, no. Mm -hmm. It's completely up to us to manage our eating. Right. You know, like our government doesn't step in and be like, hey, you're not eating good. You're getting <laughs> right. overweight. You're on a diet, you know. <laughs> exactly. Right? But our parents should, you know. When we're young, our parents should be stepping in and saying, no, this is an example of a healthy discipline, action, life, you know, doing things that are what you need to have as a growing into an adult. And that responsible, responsible approach to things really needs to be set up for us. But um, bringing it back to the responsibility coming to us as we mature, it's not necessarily always clearly explained. You know, like I, we know very clearly when we're young, what is, what's, we're told this is okay, this is not. This is okay, this is not. You get black and white answers for pretty much everything. There's very little gray when it comes to um, kind of our, our parents or our teachers or the authorities' opinions about what's acceptable and what isn't. It's once we cross the boundary into adulthood, it's like, you decide now. What do you want in your life? How do you want it to look? And all of a sudden, it's just amoeba of gray, right? right? And it's up to us to put the colors back into place again and decide what we want to have on either side of our fence or in our middle zone of being like, you know, your example of my of our, our eating, right? I'm like, okay, well, I'm okay with having my eating vary a little bit here and there. I'm like, oh my God, this is a beautiful homemade apple pie, not normally in my diet, but I'm here with family and it's a holiday. Of course, I'm going to have a slice of apple pie. Yeah. But in a day-to-day if I eat pie every day at lunch, I'm going to be way over to one side of my scale, you know? So this conscious decision-making to re approach all the different areas in our life with an objective evaluation towards how we decide to quantify something's value, is it serving us, is it positive for us, or is it destructive, is it negative for us, and how close to either side is it if it is does have some gray, mm -hmm. you know, and then choosing one or the other with regard to everything in our life and making disciplined actions, disciplined choices in these areas and most specifically and i'll end this thought with this poignant piece most specifically choosing these 
decisions with regards to the things that are dangerous to us, that are harmful. So I'm going to talk about things like alcohol or cigarettes or uh, addictive behaviors, um, self-destructive behavior, you know, like recognizing the things in our lives that can be self-destructive or harmful and actually viewing them and being, wait a second, why am I doing this? What's, what, what am I doing here? And wait a second, I'm going to choose to be disciplined about this because I've had something in my life that's occurred yeah. and became something. It just, just is for whatever reason. And not being judgmental about it, but actually just being objective to it and just and choosing into the, the self-love option with regard to that, the one that's not intentionally harming ourselves. Yeah, you point to the reassessment, to the assessment and reassessment piece of this. Because, yeah, it would be great if we could just decide and make the commitment and it was easy to choose that not always easy to choose that because of all the gray you know sometimes we're just like I'm not really sure what I want my commitment to be I'm not really sure so that brings us back to the experimentation and iteration so we might decide to start one thing or we might decide to do something a certain way or we may not right so that if we have decided and we're starting to try something then we're reassessing. We're touching on the results that we get. What happened? This implies the debrief process, which we've mentioned before. But this is important when it comes to really like honing in on the, the firmer line that we want in terms of decision and commitment, which allows us to strongly commit to our disciplined actions. Because if we have some sort of wet gray, and it's okay to have gray. This is not a problem. It's more just that it takes time, right? It's It sometimes takes time to even decide what we want to do. And it definitely takes time, in my experience, to build the habit and make the change. So there's a patience piece that's super necessary, both in terms of sussing out clarity for our own brain about what we want to commit to, and then sussing out, or not sussing out, but basically then having patience for our actual ability to follow through. You mentioned this earlier about being new at something, and that's sort of what I mean when I say we are really good at doing something an old way. So like we're basically newbies at the thing that we're wanting to make change around. So giving ourselves space to stink at it at first, not that we want to give ourselves a loophole to laziness. I say that a lot because that can be an easy thing for us to slip out of discipline is when we're cutting ourselves too much slack. So there's this balance between where do I grit it out and make it happen and rah and rah, and where do I give myself slack for being new at a thing? You know what I mean? So because some people get derailed by too much grit there they there's a grit level or you know a level where they just fall off the cliff and they go back to I can't do anything and it's sort of setting yourself up for failure so one of the ideas I wanted to bring out is how do we set ourselves up for success when we are 
trying something new and building a new habit and employing discipline at that starting point. So that's that's sort of why I bring these things up is there's a bit of grit and there's a bit of self-care and self-acceptance like while we learn. So <clears throat> I went through some challenges very recently about uh, with addiction you know i've had addiction problems my entire life you know i've been an adrenaline junkie since i was uh adolescent you know um and i've always had this kind of highly addictive personality and i made a commitment to myself to to be sober and with that i've had some relapses and when i relapsed i didn't say to myself oh you suck you piece of shit. you can't even stay true to your own commitment to yourself. You said you didn't want to do this anymore. Now you went and did it again. You know, I didn't devalue myself in that way. I was clear with my therapist that I was working with on these issues that I didn't judge myself poorly for that relapse. And I said to my therapist exactly this, I expected myself to do this because I have a years and years of habitual behavior this way. And so I fully expect to see this resurfacing over and over again through the process of changing my habit to one that's a more positive reinforcement of an opposite polarity. I don't expect the pendulum to just swing once from one direction and stop on the other side and then right. freeze frame. That's ridiculous, you know? Like, of course, I'm going to go back and forth until I find a new balance of self. And then when I start to see that behavior come back, I go, yeah, okay, I remember that's what I don't want to do. That's the stuff that I default to because of fear and grief and, you know, all the different things that have been ingrained from trauma or whatever has caused these types of behaviors. And no, I'm going to go back to being what I want. And then if a relapse happens again, going, yep, there we go. That's a reminder. It's all good. You know, I'm, but look, I have my percentages shifting. Even if it's a 1% shift, it's a shift, you know? And so... I wanted to touch on one of the other things that you mentioned on there is that I think it's very, very poignant in our lives to be in a, a conscious state of reevaluation. And so where this has come up for me is in many, many different areas of life. So I'll use my uh, an example of my taste, my palate for what I like or I don't like, you know, I've heard that our palate changes like every seven years as one description of like what flavors we might appreciate or not appreciate. And as a child, we might be like, Ooh, that's gross. And then as a younger person, you're like, oh, I actually kind of like this. And you get a little older and then no, this is delicious, you know, and we completely change our opinion about something. So we may form an opinion about ourselves, about a certain behavior or habit and ha our level of necessary discipline in regard to it and make a decision at some point in our life. And so I'll use working out for an example. I made a decision when I'm 25 that if I work out once a week, I'm at a level that I feel good about and that sustains me and I'm great. And if I stay with that for the rest of my life, well, I'm probably not going to be the same version of me that I'd like to be. And as I get to 35, I probably need to reevaluate that and see if it's still on point for where I'm at in this point of my life. And that be, I could relate that to 
um, how much alcohol use do I have or how much work do I do on a, like, do I work 40 hours a week? Is that the level of discipline that I need to have for a relationship to financial earning? Or does that need to double at some point in my life? Or does it need to half or absolutely completely reduce to zero at some points in my life? Because I reevaluated my overall situation and now things are going to shift. And so I wanted to really um, reinforce and remind ourselves and our listeners that a regularly scheduled reevaluation of ourselves and all of our choices with regard to what we think we need or don't need, want or don't want, should be done on a regular basis because when we do a true objective evaluation of ourselves, we might realize we don't have the same opinion or feelings that we have been basing our actions off of, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's just like discipline is a practice, I think. You know, these <clears throat> these pieces go together. You know, if we blindly go, this is my commitment and I'm going to be disciplined forever, then, you know, it's basically just like, is the ship going in the direction I want it to go, you know? And just making yeah. sure we just check in with that, you know what I mean? And so that's the thing, like, if we reevaluate every third day, maybe not, you know what I mean? So it's about when do we do that? And it's not an exact science in my experience. It's really more like, what is the goal? What is the projected timeline of, you know, getting better at that or, or building that new habit, yada, 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 and making sure we assess our own feelings with it and check ourselves before we wreck ourselves effectively by going, is this my resistance to just the change that I know I want to make? Or is this a sign that I am in a direction that I'd rather tweak? You know what I mean? So like that practice is a different animal, but it's part of this process of choosing the directions we want to go in. Thus, our discipline can be as fired up and fueled as it can be. I was really um, hanging on the value of both choosing into and out of different forms of discipline or, or replacing different choices of what to be disciplined in at certain times. So um, one of the most obvious ones externally in my life uh, that anybody could observe is the choice to train into an athletic, you know, so for me, canopy piloting absorbed the greater part of my um, young adult life, you know, somewhere between 27 and 40, you know, so like a, a decade of my life plus disappeared towards completely being disciplined into one thing and choosing that one thing and prioritizing it above all other things. And, and that discipline was to a level of a hundred, you know, it was like, this is the most important thing. I'm a hundred percent disciplined on this. And that's what's going, I'm going to choose over all other temptations or distractions or staying in bed or getting extra sleep. No, I'm getting up and doing this because this is what I want more than anything. And that changed 
Like, I think one thing that's really important for us to recognize is it's okay for that to change. Absolutely. Like, that can completely change. Because right now you couldn't get me out of bed to go. I just, <laughs> I know, there's I know. no way I'd be like, no. I know. You can offer me $1,000. And I'm like, no, thank you. This is of zero priority merit right now. It is <laughs> yeah. absolutely not even on my list. And I used to have it at 100% where there was, I would pay you $1,000 to be able to go do it. You know, and now yeah. I'm like, pay me 1000 bucks, and I'll say no. Yeah, agreed. And that's so important for us to be like, okay with. Yeah, it's and totally to, okay. Yeah. Even if it meant everything and we were, we defined ourselves because of that disciplined action re with regard to a particular thing and a military, this is the perfect example. How many of my military serving friends who spent their life in these structured institutions, they've depended upon that structure and discipline for a version of themselves. And then when they unplug from that, they're like, what, I don't yeah. know what to do with myself because it's been such a hugely defining version of self. And it's super challenging. That's hard, right? Oh, like that's so hard. The hard. So hard. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I feel like I've had many a conversation with people about this as a life coach from the skydiving community and sort of growing forward from those professional roles. I certainly experienced this. I'm happy to share my uh, story that I, I did a talk from the stage last year, but it's, it's a thing to basically find yourself growing forward from a very strong identity that you've had. I, oh my God, like that was so confusing, such a confusing thing and scary thing to go, okay, I'm going to experiment with filling my life with other things like i very much chose this and this is relative to taking a couple of years off of skydiving where i barely engaged the sport at all other than to write my column for blue skies magazine i just was committed to that and disciplined if we talk about discipline i've always been for nine plus years been very disciplined every single month writing that and as a result it's one of the things i'm most proud of one of the quotes that I wanted to share today came from the book Principles, which you recently recommended to me, which I'm halfway through listening. It's by Ray Dalio. It's excellent. Gosh. It's very long, by the way, peeps. If you grab it on Audible, it's very good. Uh, but anyway, one of his... But yeah, go ahead. Interject. If you're disciplined, it'll only take about a week to get through. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'm hardcore with Audibles and podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, ahead, sorry. But the quote that I love, I mean, there's a bunch of quotes, to be honest, and I'm, again, only halfway through. But the one that I think is relevant to this conversation is we, our satisfaction in our success is not from achieving our goals, but in the quality of our struggle. And so that implies, yeah, like that implies that there is going to be struggle and that the struggle is actually our cue that we've got some serious like gold and life and 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 true like deeper richer fulfillment on the other side and so i say this in terms of struggle in relational conflict i say this in struggle of business goals right you know i'm 10 years into this sucker this thing called entrepreneurship 
Like that has required a fuck ton of discipline. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've had passion for it. But if you don't think I haven't gotten up early morning, experimented with morning routines, experimented with staying up late, experimented with different networking events, selling this, selling that, that doesn't work, that does, I like that, I don't like that. It's, it's a long, long, long iterative process, but one that requires discipline because it, entrepreneurship, I feel like, is a good example because it just as in life, it's a great mirror for the ups and downs that we experience. So we, when we end up in those troughs, when we're struggling, when we're maybe not making as much money as we'd like to make, or we're having those relational conflicts, or we are you know, just not feeling as inspired as we once did. That's when the discipline comes in to do the reassessment and stay the course and keep going and or make a change if that's really what's appropriate. What I wanted to touch on, which I feel is so, um, it's so divinely powerful in this relationship of ap the application of discipline is it will very often in the struggle feel like a struggle and yes. that's all it'll feel like at the time right you're just like living the struggle and like letting the struggle become you i mean i can't <laughs> think of enough times when i've walked up the side of a mountain this is the it's the analogy of analogies right like this the struggle to reach the summit kind of thing you know climbing the ladder climbing the mountain and it's just wallowing in the the murderous challenge of that you're in in that moment and what is the point of this and why did i start doing this in the first place and oh my god i freaking got myself and i'm like ah, i just want to quit and i want to go back crawling to bed and just just you know so far inside of ourselves that we can so easily forget our why yeah. and or diminish our why that we had at such a great value in the first place for why we started or even the freedom for it to be an exploration of why and not necessarily know why but the the what i wanted to hit was the rewards of discipline the rewards cannot be understated the true value of being disciplined in ourselves of how we feel when we have exercised discipline and when i say exercised i mean worked through the pain worked through the struggle worked through the anguish the challenges the hurdles do the hard work all the pieces that comes along with being disciplined is when we reach our summit whatever that proverbial summit may be of being able to look back and going, man, I really worked hard to achieve that. Look at all the hard work that I did. And, you know, the sitting on top of the mountain, looking back down, you very quickly forget about that part of the mountainside where all the sand was washing. And every step you take, you're going two steps back and, <laughs> you know, spitting out dirt and flies biting you. And, and all the hard stuff washes away so quickly, so, so quickly it's gone. And we're able to just open up our perspective and really sit at a new high point, a new vantage, a new perspective, a new version of self and go, wow, I did that, you know, and that I did that moment is so empowering to do something else, yes. 
to set a new goal, to set a new standard, to do a new version of self and to really just be confident in taking bigger risks and trying things that we didn't believe we had the power to try before. And so this iterative process of discipline starts at whatever lowest level we need to start at, whatever basic point it needs to be. And so if it's if it starts with getting my eating under control or having a regular implementation of exercise through my week by going for a walk every morning and turns into being able to climb Everest because I've demonstrated little goals at first of you know getting my help, my diet and regular exercise in place and escalating to something where I'm like, I believe I can do this. I've shown I can do this. Now I, I've done A, now I can do B. I've done B, obviously I can do C. Well, if I've done A, B and C, I can probably do E, F and G, right? Yes. And that just keeps multiplying on itself and multiplying on itself. So I can't uh, echo enough the value of the smallest goal, the simplest most mundane, undervalued little piece of the puzzle that we may be so willing to sweep under the rug and and just say, oh, you know, if I just skip this one time, it's not going to make any difference. Bullshit. Exactly. I'm calling you out. Bullshit. Oh, that so little one time, it's the one that, it's the meat on the bone that gets us the confidence to do that huge one that we really want to get to in our life when we really want to fulfill ourselves. And man, I'm ranting because... I am excited about this. This is you know? a big like, deal. It's a big deal. It's, it's the hugest deal. I mean, think about it. If you talk about the reward that's on the other side of discipline, in my experience, what I have earned through, and I say earned because it was the fucking struggle, and it is still, and I will say why I say still, the reward is the sense of capability like you earn trust in yourself, right? Like it's so powerful, this idea of I can do that, what else can I do? The opening up of possibility is one thing, which is massive, but the idea that I'm safer in the world because I'm capable, you know, for people struggling with anxiety and that type of stuff, like that has really, really, really helped me to feel a sense of, ease in myself and a sense of trust of like, you know what, no matter what happens, no matter what struggle I'm faced with, I know I can handle it. Like that's a big freaking reward on the other side, which is sort of on the side of like really foundational elements of what makes us capable, right? Because so if I'm going into something totally fearful every single time, with with like magnified fear every single time, then it's still gonna be that much harder and harder to achieve things. And now I say this also to say that for growth-minded people, for people who are called to experience the world in new and elevated ways as we go forward, which I would guess most people listening to Trust the Journey are with us on that type of approach to life, Theoretically, that means we are consistently living inside some version of struggle because growth is so, is a version of struggle. And so like for people that come to me as a life coach that are just sort of in the mindset of, oh, I just I want the struggle to just be over or easier, right? That is totally possible to to have that. 
it just that's then usually a choice where we decide to take some time in our comfort zone. So there's nothing wrong with that, but just recognize that growth implies struggle. Like striving implies struggle. And so when we notice that we are experiencing struggle and requiring discipline to follow through and and do the things that we've said we want to do, that's actually the good stuff. Which so is so annoying almost, you know, because you're like, wait, isn't it supposed to feel like easier and good? And I was like, yeah, it is. But like work with your mindset around that. And really, when you're in the struggle, go, cool, this is my opportunity. I'm growing. So this is good. You know, it helps sort of alleviate a little bit of the pain when we're in that disciplined period. So really interesting thing to observe is that because we divide ourselves up into these different parts of ourself, you know, it's at some points we could be living very much within a comfort zone in a portion of ourself and challenging ourselves in a highly disciplined way that has a lot of structure and a lot of struggle is the word that we're using right now. But uh, what the Buddhists would use the word is suffering, yep. right? Yep. If you listen to the Dalai Lama's books or him speak, he uses the word suffering as the same as struggle. Same, yep. And yeah, so it's the same concept of like when you have to feel challenge, right? With regard to whatever it might be. Um, and I can think to myself, I'm like, oh man, there were years and years where I just lived totally within my comfort zone emotionally. And I didn't challenge myself emotionally and I wasn't ready to challenge myself emotionally. And there was no way that I was going to do well if I did so because I just hadn't had any skills or any training or even broached the idea that, you know, emotionally challenging myself, like climbing an emotional mountain was like, fuck no, I'm perfectly good right here on the ground, bitches. This is where I'm going to be sitting today. You guys go right ahead. I'll enjoy my margarita. Have a good hike, you know? Hilarious. Right. It's so true. And then other areas I'm challenging myself at a world class level. And so we can be completely disparate in different portions of our own being. And and I I mean, it's so easy to see that in others and harder to see it in ourselves. You know, I watch some of my friends who completely dominate in one version of self and completely just close the door and throw away the key in another part. And um, I want to mention one other element because I'm sure I'm I absolutely I know that your version of coaching is in life coaching and my version is in coaching um canopy skills or flying you know how you're how to fly it's all the same stuff it's all the same it's all the same the number one thing I do a questionnaire for every person who walks into my classroom and I ask them the same set of questions and we get to the last box two last boxes there are, what are your goals and aspirations? What are you here to learn? And what are your fears, challenges, trauma, limitations? What are the two things that like bookend? What do you really want to be? And what's holding you back? Yep. And the number one thing that people say is confidence. Is they holding want them back? That's what con- no, they want better, oh, more they confident. Want they confidence. want to be more soft. They want to be more confident. Yep. They want to trust themselves. They want to have the ability to feel like they know what they're doing. Yes. And that has a huge relationship to discipline action. The more practice that we do things in a disciplined, structured way, 
the more consistently the more consistent the results are going to become if the results become more and more consistent we start to trust the results well the results are a result of our action mm -hmm. then we start to trust ourselves because well if i act this way i get this result if this result is the same every time i act this way i start to have something that i can trust i now have confidence that if i act this way i'm going to get a predictable result and that's just a matter of repeating the same thing over and over again so that we see the same results happening enough times to get rid of the you know the ones that are too far off the scale on one end or too far off the scale on the other then yeah. we go oh oh actually i'm pretty good at this and it's not necessarily that we're any better or any worse at it than we were before it's just that we did it enough times to believe ourselves huge that's it huge yeah absolutely huge it's it's so worth it you know like it is so worth it in my experience doing hard things is always worth it like for reals you know what I mean? And so, God, who knows? Maybe you could you could even be like, God, a growth-minded people just like masochists, like just wanting to like be in the struggle all the time. But it's not. It's not that because I feel like, at least for me, it feels it feels fulfilling to me to lead by example through struggle because we always all I feel like we are always all faced with struggle or suffering in some form all like in our lives you know what I mean whether we choose into the struggle or the suffering right through this discipline choice or through life events which would be the the like life kind of throwing it our way I just feel like that's really on top of the life experience that I have in my own sort of singular self, feeling like that rise in confidence, as you just talked about, and the rise in feeling safer and trusting myself to be capable. Those things are really comforting feelings, and they really serve me in my life and my work. And the other side is really feeling and this we get a lot of this from trust the journey like with peep, peeps like that are listening and by the way thank you to everyone who's given feedback but when i get a remark that something has helped another person because they've witnessed a possibility or they've connected to maybe they can do something too because we have or whatever that makes me feel really good. It just makes me feel like I'm contributing to the world and to other people and helping be a part of a greater good. And I just deeply believe that because there's a shit ton of suffering and struggle. And I would love I love that I get to be a part of helping people feel more confident and more capable and just that it's possible for each of us to learn and grow in skills and various ways through those those challenges. Awesome. Um, I wanted to share something that I feel like is really important to mention him. 
you know, you touched on the growth minded people. Don't you, don't you just want to suffer all the time? Don't take a break and relax, kind of, you know, mellow out or be cool, kind of like easy to be around. Cause yeah, it can be a pain in the ass to be around people who are overachievers. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I hang out with Melanie enough and you're going to feel like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. Oh, please life. don't say right? that. Oh my yeah. God. No, but it's true. I mean, we all do that to each other, you know, yeah. like there's all some somebody that we look at in our life and going oh my god they're amazing they just <sighs> never stop you know and it's and there's always somebody else that's higher and higher up the list of a of a overachiever but what i was trying to get this summary too is the differences between so when we practice discipline what do we do for ourselves is we create a known known where i know that if I act this way through doing these behaviors repetitively, I've created a discipline structure for myself that I'm going to get a very predictable result, right? So I create a lot of structure and that provides me a very consistent result. Boom. Simple equation, right? Cool. So now does that make me boring? Does it mean that there's not new, unknown, interesting, challenging, fun? Does it leave room for variation? And man, I've struggled with this. Like mm. this was a huge thing because I love exploration. I'm a wanderer, a free spirit, somebody who likes to just be open-minded and I don't want to put a box around everything and, and structure it all up to where I can't have the freedom to, for something new to occur. And I say, absolutely not. It is exactly the opposite when done correctly. So there's a couple points in here that I feel are very valid. And one is Structure and curiosity are two different things, right? So providing yourself a very well-balanced and grounded and thought-out structure to, to lean on does not mean that you're no longer open to trying new things or tr um, coming out with a completely different answer that you might, not, nor might normally come up with. Um, changing the way that you do things entirely. I think it's the opposite, where if you do something with enough structure that you're then going to be able to evaluate it in a sense where you say, wow, I've been doing this this way for long enough and I now see that maybe it's not the answer. Maybe it now shows me that it's it's slanted to one side. And or do I box myself in by creating a rigid structure of beliefs? So a belief yeah. system, disciplined belief is, it can be very limiting to our ability to bring in new, new ideas, right? So I'm a huge advocate of the concept of discipline re with regard to open-mindedness. Yeah. Right? Yep. That we have to be just as disciplined to say, wait, just because I believe this, and I've versioned this version of myself off of that belief doesn't mean that I can't be completely wrong. Every yeah, time. right. Uh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so I have to hold a hard line of discipline against Jay because Jay thinks that I know everything. <laughs> and because I know everything, I know what's best for me all the time. And because I know what's best for me, I'm going to discount anything else that I might encounter or be told or have be imposed upon me. And the the discipline of saying, no, Jay, you're wrong sometimes is just as important as the discipline that says, Jay, you've done this enough times to know what's right for you. They're equally valuable. Yeah, agreed. Oh my God. The 
balancing act of those two things, holy smokes, can be so tough, right? I tend to fall too much on the open-minded side where I'm like allowing people maybe who aren't, haven't earned feedback. You know what I mean? That's something I also got from uh, the Ray Dalio book, the principles book. It's really good. I mean, this is relevant in life in general, but I just recently retouched it because of that book. But yeah, like the idea of strongly believing that problems and disagreements are brought to the surface so that we can learn to uh, what a better way forward might be. So that implies an open-mindedness. But I, I, the reason I bring this up is I just put a post, a post on Facebook and Instagram about this, this particular quote, and invited people to comment about it. And one of the people responded, and it was about like, well, don't let, you know, make sure you also stand up for yourself and you don't like let people judge you to and cause you harm because of what you're allowing to come in. And so there's there's, again, the balance of all of that. So, of course, yeah, at, in an earned or a decided team environment of that type of culture or in a relationship where you've earned trust, where that level of feedback is appropriate, then fuck yeah. Hell yeah. But it's sort of like the Brene Brown quote. If, you know, you're not in the arena also getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. <laughs> right? But if you are in the arena, then I am. You know, then that respect is is given and shared. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's been a pleasure sharing with you today, Melanie. Yes, as always. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I commend you. I'm proud of you for the discipline you're you're bringing to your own life these days it's impressive and inspiring to watch and i mean that thank you yeah it was hard the morning was hard i can't i just want to repeat that like for everybody listening it was not fun today (laughs) every every time you think Uh, i'm doing literally everything over here and i'm crazy it's only maybe just imagine that it's not that way in other areas but it is in trusted journey because i love it so much Well, then let's echo let's echo that book one more time and say meaningful work with meaningful relationships. Yes, yes. exactly. So my energy here is is and my willing. It's not as hard for me to be disciplined here and trust the journey because I'm so beautifully motivated by this work and by our mission. You know, this idea of creating conscious connections and having these conversations that matter with you and feeling like we're really making a true impact positively in the world with both are you know people listening which i truly hope you guys are getting so much out of what we do each bi-weekly publishing <laughs> but even in the trust the journey family too like i feel like those connections are deepening and that is just wildly motivating to me and inspiring to me so i just don't need as much discipline here but you talk about you know cleaning my house when i get disorganized mm, yeah you you know the the food stuff yeah you know other stuff certain tough conversations to have yeah discipline you know so it's it's all varied it's that compartmentalized thing which i it's it's also very relevant and i hope is a value for people to hear awesome well if you got value from this episode please share it with somebody else who you think would also get value from it. There's no better way than word of mouth to get the word out there if something 
is if rings true with you, you know, and I, I really think that that is our goal is the creating conscious connections piece. So we would like you to help us along and to be part of that choice in creating this in the world so that we're out there taking action and you're like, Hey, this is valuable. I want to share it with somebody else. Let you let them know that they're of value to you. And you're thinking about them by sharing something that you think is poignant to them and including us in that and giving us the opportunity to reach those people. So thank you. If you do. Yeah, definitely. I do that all the time where I share podcast episodes that I think are excellent and audiobooks and stuff like that so yeah it can be a small like act of love so i definitely invite you guys to do that if you don't by all means that's totally cool as well if you're just listening i mean truly thank you so much for being with us you're welcome also to join our patreon trust the journey family so to join that that's really if you want to expand the conversation directly with us in our private facebook group just go to our website, trustthejourney.today, scroll down. There's an orange button on the bottom that says donate on Patreon, and that'll get you into the Trust the Journey family. Oh, well, thank you, everyone. Yeah. Remember, keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. We love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs>